This is the Gallinach Masters Cycling Podcast. I'm Norman Blissett, your host for the show. Gallinach Masters Cycling is a global community of 50 years and older cyclists who support each other to love life through riding our bikes. Each week we share inspiring stories from our riders around the world, showcase great places to ride our bikes and give tips to help you get fitter, healthier and more confident on the bike. Hello everyone and welcome to the latest Gallinac Master Cycling podcast recording. I'm Norman Blissett. I'm your host for the show and with me is Chris Foggin, Coach Foggy. How are you doing, Foggy? You're from New Zealand. Yeah, very good. Thank you. You're in the height of summer there now. It's getting hot, is it? Yeah, officially summer. December is the start of summer. So okay. um, we're officially in summer now yeah, and it's starting to get warm. Yeah. So what? what how warm is warm with you? Uh, we've we've been getting sort of um, just up, above twenty, mid twenties, and a little bit higher. We're getting the northwest winds now coming in, which is um, which which makes it pretty warm as well. And it'll just keep increasing till we'll, where we live. We'll, we'll be getting sort of thirty plus. Oh, nice, um, pretty regularly. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I have to say, I quite quite enjoy it. Once you once you get acclimatized to it, I I quite enjoy that. Um, you know, when I go to the south of France and around the Mediterranean in the summer, can be pretty hot around there. Uh, but once you know, once you're there for four or five days, you get used to it, and I love it. Yeah, just uh, yeah, yeah. Because we're in we're in we're definitely in winter here now. It's cold, grey, damp. Yeah, yep, don't miss it. <laughs> no, no. This is this is the time of year that I start to wish that I lived in New Zealand. Yeah, South Island, yeah, South else. Africa, and <laughs> Australia. Um, yeah. But uh, but there we go. You, yeah. yeah. One day I'll be able to tour the world and just follow summer around the world. That's the that's that's, yeah, the, that's right. the plan. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, so we've got another show for you um, tonight. We're going to we're going to kick off with uh, looking at turbo trainers, indoor trainers. Foggy's going to share some of his insights. I'll share some of mine about uh, training indoors uh, because whether you're the northern hemisphere and you're into winter, or whether it's the southern hemisphere and you're the heat of summer, then indoor training can be a really valuable way of um, of getting fitter or just staying staying fit so we'll, we'll, we'll look into that um, and we've also been looking at our top five presents for this festive period and i suspect foggy and i are both going completely nuts with this because we said to each <laughs> other this is the dream christmas that we're inventing for ourselves with no with, with yeah. as much cash as we want and as much time to spend with the presence, um, so so we'll come we'll come to that. I'm looking forward to hearing what Foggy's are. Um, so, what have you been up to over the last week, Foggy? Ah, uh, quite a bit. Um, been out on the, the gravel bikes again. Um, we had a um, pretty good ride on some of the trails around here. Just checking out some of the new infrastructure that's going in, which is which is coming online, um, uh, ready to be connecting some of the some more of the, the big trails, which is cool. Um, we got we got caught out actually in a bit of wind, um, so we started out pretty windless, and then towards the end of the back end of the ride, we were a real strong headwind, which was good good training. Um, I've been had a bit of coaching this week. I've been uh, delivering uh, in a primary school. Um, I don't I don't coach very often kids these days, but um, uh, my wife works in a primary school, so we've we've been doing a bike program for the kids that have focused all week and. It's, it's actually quite cool. It's it's something to 
to encourage them to focus on the work. And then there's a reward at the end, which is a bike skills um, program. I have all these um, ramps and seesaws and and stuff that we can we can you know put into a, a, a situation where in a playground, for example, in a school, and they can just have a whole heap of fun. Our kids love that, don't they? They love all these ramps. Yeah, they do definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I help out at my my son's cycling club, and they they do their, their coaches are fantastic, and they do all sorts of uh, all sorts of little games and um, skills building. My, my favourite is the limbo. Um, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, you do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to, I yeah, try, to do, try to do that, mm. but yeah, I don't do very very well. I think I've got a height, no, height disadvantage, I think. And, I've definitely got a height disadvantage and also got a stiffness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> you can't, can't yeah. bend that well. See, when you see the kids doing it, some of the kids, they just, you know, amazing how low they, they can get so that they're, yeah, they're right. under the height of the saddle on their, on their bikes, um, hang, you know, yeah. going along at an angle. It's very impressive. Um, yeah. yeah, so I, I've, um, I, well, I've been indoors mostly during the week. I don't really get a chance to get out. And the weekends, we've been doing some DIY in the house. So I've been, helping out with that so not much and I, and I was on a, a quiet week last week anyway so hopefully i'll get out this um, this weekend um but yeah indoor trainers it's a big part of what i do at the moment it's a way that i have got really significantly fitter over the over the last few years um but it'd be great to hear your insights foggy into indoor trainers and and you know how to get the best out of them yeah, I think I, I'm a little bit old school um, with, with this stuff. And in so much as I, I've never invested in the technology to go for a smart trainer or um, uh, or any of that sort of stuff, I, I just don't I don't use it. It's just a personal thing. Um, there, there is some incredible stuff out there now in terms of how the, these things have developed this, with, with all of the smart uh, trainers, the, the apps, and all the different things that you can you can access. But I mean, even even a, a basic setup in New Zealand dollars terms is about two thousand dollars, and that you know, unless you've got that sort of disposable income, it's quite difficult to set up. So my my, my advice um, is, if you're going to start this stuff and you haven't done much of it before, is just get a, a wind uh, or turbo trainer. Doesn't even have to be one that's got any kind of dials on it or or anything like that. Just a simple setup. Um, uh, what I've done is I've got two set up in in the. We have a we're quite lucky to have our own home gym. Um, and we've got two old road bikes or older road bikes that we don't use on the road anymore that are set up on the turbos. Um, I, I only use at the moment, and it's just something, again, personal preference. I, I do everything based on a stopwatch. I usually have my music blasting out. Um, and then I, um, it's something that I've done for years in, with spin classes and, and you know training sessions indoors is work on sort of um, – different intervals and just make it up as you know I'll, I'll have a i'll have a plan in my head but often it changes but uh, particularly with we're talking about um you know our demographic of the over 50s high intensity intervals of certain uh, times within those high intensity intervals actually work really well for our demographic so if you if you take for example um uh, a 45 second effort with a 15 second um sort of uh, back off and relax and then go again and then build up on that and maybe do a block of five and then cruise along for uh, 10 minutes to so just on an easier gear and then do it again and, and again the way that I'm operating these is I, I'll, I'll put it up to a big the biggest gear I can for the effort because it's not it's not like um, 
it's not changing the resistance that much, but it's changing it enough to make the effort worthwhile. Um, and, and just a whole, there's a whole raft of different things you can do, like 20 seconds on, 20 seconds off, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds, 45, 15, whatever. That, um, but that, that, that principle of high intensity interval training, uh, which is used across the fitness industry in a number of different um, forms, is really worthwhile exploring on a, on a turbo trainer. Yeah, I like I like that the, the, these high intensity sessions, and particularly if over time. So let's say you're doing, you know, you do you do what you said for a couple of weeks, get used to that, have a week where you take it a bit easier to get the recovery in, and then two weeks and do a bit more. So if you were doing like two blocks yeah. of five, then do two blocks of seven, say the the following yeah. two weeks, and yeah. you kind of build that up. So you're building up your fitness. Yeah. And, Oh, definitely. It's just progression. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not unfit on a bike, but I, I, I never go more than an hour on a turbo trainer because I get bored. So, but the, the, if you, if it's about quality, not quantity, and uh, a mistake is often made in cycling where traditionally we, we, we look at the miles that we put in and we think we've got to do a lot of miles to, to, to have that fitness. Now in certain circumstances, doing higher mileage is, is relevant, but actually you'll get a better training effect by the quality rather than the quantity. So an hour intensely riding um, on a turbo trainer. And when I say intensely, there's no let up. You don't stop pedaling. So yes, you'll back off on occasions. Yes, you'll ease up the pressure, but you don't stop pedaling. Whereas outside on the road or on the mountain bike trails or whatever, you you know, 30% of the time you're not pedaling. Yeah, yeah I did. I, I showed, I did a video to the Facebook page last week and I, I took a, yep picture of two rides that i'd done i I took a picture of a three-hour ride outdoors um of the data of the three-hour ride outdoors on the um power data and on the second one i actually did i did a two-hour indoors indoor session and in the three-hour ride uh over an hour so more than yeah just over a third i was in zone one so basically not either not doing anything or putting in practically no effort into it Whereas in the turbo session of the two hours, it was only six or seven minutes that I was in the, the zone one. So yep. you know, for the, from, the, from a training effect, so kind of three hours out in the road, two hours on yep. the turbo was something, you know, a, a, a similar sort of amount that you could, so you don't need to do the same amount that you do on the road, no. to your point. No, you don't. No, it's, it's like, a, I mean, if you get a real, if you get somebody who knows what they're doing with an indoor spinning class, for example, um, and, and not one of these choreographed to music things that they, that they that they sometimes have, but a proper spinning class, then you, you in, within 45 to an hour, you had a really good workout and you'll know about it. And the, the, there's another thing as well, if you compare, um, if you have a look sometimes at the heart rate charts from, from road riders and mountain bikers, difference, like a road driver generally increases and then plateaus, whereas um, with a mountain biker, it's spiking all the time. There's effort, spike, spike, spike. And that the training effect from that is sometimes far better than that just that as you just described leveling out and staying in that one zone yeah um so again it's the quality of it and, and i guess a lot you know distance riders sometimes miss that bit and i'm not i'm not being derogatory about that it, it, it is just sometimes missed um so very worthwhile i mean I, i've used them here in the summer um when the wind's up and i, I don't want to be out in this hairdryer type wind that's just you know killing you and i use them in the winter when it's freezing cold and it's minus eight so you know they've got real good benefits. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I I use them a lot, and I I would say that if you want to if you want to get fitter, if you want to progress, so this is particularly for people that are doing events or even or even racing, then 
deter- whether it's a smart chain or a turbo. I'm, I, I'm like you. I've got a really simple turbo setup. I've got an old road bike permanently set up on an old turbo trainer. It's not even plugged in one. It's just gener- you know, it's just generates its own um, resistance. Yeah, um, and it works a treat. It works works really well for me. So you don't need to spend a lot a lot of money to get a good no. um, a, a good setup um, in there. And I. Um, yeah, so I, I've I've definitely got fit, and that's like a combination of doing um, these endurance or tempo type sessions where yeah. I'll build it up, progress it over time, uh, of um, you know maybe two 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 twenty minute efforts with a bit of time between, and then just build it up um, or three three by fifteen with five minutes between, and just build yeah. it up, and it's a solid, you know, it's not it's not stressful. I'm not going flat out, but it's an effort. Whereas with the the high intensity stuff, you know, that's it's not quite maximum effort, but it's not far off it. Because yep. obviously, you want to be able to yep. sustain the whole thing. You don't want to blow yep. up halfway through the session. So it's just it's just you know just below what's your uh, what's your limit. And um, yeah, yeah this, the, I think that combination and build being consistent, doing it, and then the progression of building up the volume and and intensity over time as well, making sure that you've got some recovery in between yeah. is, is what to do. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, another another good application is re- when you're recovering from injury. Yeah. Um, because there's no chance of you falling off. Well, oh, actually, there's, there's minimal chance of you falling off. I've fallen off, yeah. Um, it does happen. It's unusual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, there's the fam- – f- I've forgotten his name now, of course, which is uh, inevitable. But there's, but there's the – the famous story of the um, the Australian rider, professional rider, who won Paris Roubaix three or four years ago, yeah. um, who had a crash and broke his. I think he broke his collarbone, broke something anyway, broke a shoulder, broke a collarbone, and only trained on the turbo and came on and won the Paris Roubaix. It's a disgrace. I can't remember yeah. his name. It's um, will come back to me a bit later on. Uh, so yeah, def- de- definitely, definitely worse. I would also say. Uh, there's, you know, a lot, I speak to a lot of people who say, "Oh, they can't stand the turbo. They, you know, they don't like training indoors." And I actually really enjoy it. And part of the reason I enjoy it is because I've just got the mindset that I know it's not going to be the same as going out on the road. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not coming at it to think this is a pure substitute. This is a different, it's a different beast. It's a different, different type yeah. of training that I'm doing. Um, yeah. And I, and I also, it's all, you know, you can do different things on it. So you put the structure into it. If you've got a structure. And you're just following that structure of ten minutes warm up, yeah, you know, fifteen minutes of efforts, five minutes of recovery, another fifteen minutes. The time just flies past, and you don't you don't yeah. even you don't even notice it. And then the other, as you say, is you know, there's all these software apps. There's Swift. There's um, uh, there's Trainer Road. There's uh, you name it, Sufferfest. There's all these different apps you can that you can use and and follow sessions. But yeah, music. So I just plug the headphones in and. Um, yeah, play away. What's your What's your music of choice? Um, Metallica, I'm a, I'm a, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a pretty. Um, well, I'm, 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 I've got a good mix uh, in in terms of taste, but I'm, I was definitely um, grew up with the old heavy rock music. I, I'm into sort of things like Linkin Park and oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Foo Fighters and the more those sort of more modern um, rock bands. But I'm also into the old stuff and. You know some of the some of the progressive rock, Pink Floyd, Genesis, and then you go into some of the you know the old heavy metal bands and, from the past. So I just get stuff that's motivational and blasted yeah, away. I do. Um, yeah, that's not for me. I have to be honest. 
after <laughs> I put Bruce Springsteen. So I'm really yeah, Bruce, listen to Bruce Springsteen endlessly on the um on the turbo, but Scottish eighties pop. That's my oh, yeah. genre of choice. <laughs> um, altered images and Aztec camera and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I can see you look in your face here of complete disgust. Oh, um, I don't mind the 80s stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not sure about Yeah, anyway. Yeah, okay, okay. Let's move on. Um, so, yeah, so, yeah, so really turbo trainers, indoor trainers, smart trainers, walk bikes, whatever it is that you want to get. A really, really good addition yeah. to your training. You know, think of it as a blended yeah. approach to your training, and you know, depending on where you live in the world, can actually be really an essential part of just staying fit during, uh, yeah, you know, the hot or cold, the cold seasons. Um, so yeah, high, oh, definitely, yeah, highly, yeah. highly recommend it. So I did a video. It's on the Facebook page last week. How learn to love the indoor trainer. So it kind of captures a lot of what Foggy and I have just been talking about. So go and go and listen to that. Yeah. Okay, Foggy. So the time has come. Um, to share our Christmas list. So we've got a top five each. So I'm going to let you kick off with number five and we'll do a countdown. So I'm really yeah. looking forward to hearing <laughs> what you've chosen. Right, well, this one's going to be near impossible, um, but I, I would love to receive 50% of Danny McCaskill's skill. There we go. So that could be somehow given in a present. That'd be fantastic. That is brilliant. I, I'm really, really annoyed now that you've got Danny McCaskill in here, and I didn't even think about him. He is. <laughs> if you've not seen Danny McCaskill's videos of what he does, he is just amazing. The most. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, maybe there's more skillful uh, riders out there. There probably are, but he, the the stuff that he does and the performances that he puts on are just. Out of the world. What's what's your favourite thing that he's done, Foggy? Oh, there's a few. Epicurean I liked, which was the the the. Uh, it was an old town, I think it's South America somewhere. But it, it suddenly, the sea had claimed it, and then the sea withdrew, and this this sort of crumbling down old uh, town appeared again from the sea, and he was riding around that. I just thought the the setting was stunning. Um, I've got a few favourites of his. I mean, I, I like I like the stuff he did on on the Isle of Sky. Yeah, yeah, up you know, an accessible um, pinnacle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, that was yeah, it was just amazing. Yeah. Um, I like the animates one, which he, he had the um, oh, he's like the toy soldiers and stuff. That was that was quite cool. But I just it's the skill level. I mean, if I could if I could rewind the clock and have grown up developing skill that way somehow, I, I, it's you know, it's phenomenal. Even fifty, even ten percent would be lovely. <laughs> yeah, he's from he's from the Isle of Skye in Scotland, so that's where he that's where he's yeah, from right. originally. And um, I just I have this kind of picture of him of a youngster being a bit of a misfit there because he's you know he's a bit spaced out, isn't he? He does all these amazing tricks, but he's you know he's so laid back. And when you hear him when you hear him talk, but yeah, just yeah, I think cruising around Portree or wherever it was he came from in Sky and just doing all these tricks and stunning the locals as he's, as he's doing. Yeah. yeah. But, but there's a, there's a, it's a massive sort of um, thing there that you see that growing up playing on a bike created what he has today. Yeah. And, and, and that to me is phenomenal. The, the, the guy just played on a bike and knocked around in the streets and did what he did or, you know, bouncing off rocks and things on the Isle of Sky and that's what, what it came up with. It's just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Just love it. Well, we I I went to see him 
um, about 18 months ago, my son Finn and I were up in Edinburgh. It was the Edinburgh Festival, which if you don't know, is this fantastic festival of just about everything you can possibly imagine, um, which takes place in August, September. It didn't happen this year, sadly. Uh, but uh, yeah, he did a show on the meadows, it's kind of big field area in the centre of Edinburgh and in a small circus top. And so we went in there and we were we were the second row, we weren't quite in the front of the second row, just really close. We had the stage, really close to the stage. And there were there were four of them. There was, I can't remember their names now, but there was, so it was Danny McCaskill and there was two other trials riders and there was a, there was a BMX rider as well. And they just, being so close to it as well, you just think, how, you know, how yeah, did they do that? And there was one, there was one where, they had, if you can imagine it, they had a, a platform which was probably about six feet high, um, to kind of, you know, a little bit under two meters high, and then another platform just a little bit along from it, which was maybe nine or ten feet high, kind of three meters high, and they had this ladder between the two, um, and um, so they were just doing all sorts of tricks on that. So like Danny, Danny, I mean, the three of them were doing it. Plus the BMX guy was doing some other stuff. But Danny McCaskill, who'd had, who'd a sore knee and wasn't even supposed to be doing it at the time, um, but he he just, he was you know everyone chanted "Get on your bike, Danny" or something like that, and he only only got. Um, and he did he, he he basically did his run up up the ramp, up onto the first platform, and landed on his back wheel, bouncing on his back wheel, you know six feet, two metres up on this platform. And then he went up the ladder. So he bounced on the back wheel of each rung yep. of the ladder up to the high platform, um, turned around, still on, just bouncing on his back wheel, turned around, bounced his way back down again onto the platform and then and then <laughs> jumped off and landed on his back wheel yeah. and then sort of bounced around. And it's just like, the, it's just, anyway, yeah. right. Incredible. Okay, so I think you've I think you've probably found out that, that Foggy and I are rather keen on Danny McCaskill, who, if you, as I say, if, you, if you've not come across him before, right away now, go and look him up on YouTube, look at his website, and you're prepared to be absolutely astonished. He's done some really creative stuff. Okay, um, mm. huge plug. We need to phone up Danny and get him to give us some royalties now oh, for definitely. all the views that he's going <laughs> to get from that. Um, okay, so my number yeah. five, right, this is just going to be pathetic in, in comparison. Um, so my number five is is a, it's a photograph. It's a photograph taken by a guy called Jared uh, Gruber, him and his wife, Ashley and Jared Gruber, are quite well-known pro-cycling, professional cycling photographers. I, I, that's the, the reason why I'm picking this is not because I've met them, but I didn't meet them once. Um, in Belgium, I was out cycling in Belgium in, in Oudenaard, which is where the Tour of Flanders ends. It's kind of where all the cobbled uh, races and rides are, the Paterburg and Oudquaramong are, are, are all around Oudenaard. I was staying there, staying there in a kind of cycling hostel, and Ashley and Jared Gruber were also staying there as well. So I kind of chatted to them. It's kind of amazing stories that they have of their life of just basically touring the world, taking photographs and riding their bikes. And it's absolutely idyllic. Um, but he, in, in this year's Tour of Flanders, he took a, a just the most amazing photograph of Voot van Aert and... Um, uh, um, Matthew van der Poel well, after they'd made the break so the two of them got, got away from the rest of the race and did a two up to the finish and Matthew van der Poel won the sprint finish in, in the end but there's this photograph of them and it's taken it's taken slightly below the level of the road and the, um, um, Van Aert's in front Matthew van der Poel's just behind and there's 
you, you've got that perspective. But the, it's the clouds behind. They've got the mm. sky behind. They, they've got these, the cloud colours range from completely black to kind of light grey. Um, and just the atmosphere that that photograph creates is just just amazing. Fantastic. It's just a beautiful, beautiful mm. photograph. Uh, so go and have a look at it. It's Gerard Gruber and the Tour of Flanders 2020, Van Aert and Matthew van der Poel. It's not... Um, I don't know how much you'd pay for 10% of Danny McCaskill's talent. I, I'm, I'm putting out that at the millions, I would have thought. Yeah, this, you can pick up a, one of these prints for about 100 quid, so, yeah, not much oh, yeah. in comparison. Okay, so that's my number, my rather pathetic number five compared to... you. I'm, I can't believe what's going to be next, then, for your number four. How can you Oh, no, it? it goes downhill from here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what's your number four, so, then? Uh, number four, I, 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 I think I mentioned it last time, I'd spotted... Um, a Bianchi for, uh, electric mountain, uh, full, uh, full source uh, mountain bike, e-mountain bike. I still haven't sussed out what the model was, but it was just beautiful looking. And I think if that was the N plus one thing and I don't have an e-bike in my collection at the moment, I think that's the, that's what I would be asking Father Christmas for um, as, as the, you know, as the addition to the collection. Yeah, nice. I'll have to suss out the model. I haven't sussed it out yet. It was just a beautiful looking bike. Yeah, well, when you do message me and we'll post them up on. Well, in fact, why don't why don't we do that? We'll, we'll after the show we'll make some chats a little bit later. We'll write it up on the on the Facebook <laughs> group, and so everyone yeah. can see the can see the details. Well, my, my number four is because um, there's going to be a bit of a theme with mine, which is about international traveller on the bike going around the world. So <laughs> I need I need the right equipment for it because I've got I've got the the bike. Uh, that I want to take with me, um, one of them anyway. My, I've got a Canyon um, uh, Ultimate road bike, which I which I love. So I'm just I don't I don't need a new road bike for that. I'm going to take that, but I need something to carry it in. So, um, and I've never quite worked out how you pronounce the name. Is it Thule? Tool T H U L E. Um, uh, yeah, Thule. I would Thule, say, but that's, Thule, that's yeah. yeah. I don't know. Whatever. I think the people are going to be familiar. They do bike racks and roof boxes and all that sort of stuff but they do this fabulous um bike box um and so it's a typical over-engineered uh, beautiful yeah. bit of design but the, but what it also has is it has a stand in it so it's almost like a work stand so basically you, you put the bike on the work stand and you pull it apart and it all kind of folds up but it does double up as a as a mobile work stand as well um so that's going to be really handy for me when I'm going to be international cycling traveller at some point in the future. Really? It's going to keep the bike yeah. safe and I can do my repairs on it in, in between. And again, uh, yeah, that's about 500 quid. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up to 600 quid, I think, already with my Christmas presents, which is <laughs> over the budget for this year so far. Um, okay, so what's your number three, Foggy? Yeah, so I, I, I work in the cycling industry, which I'm pretty lucky to do, but... Uh, my current role has been made redundant uh, this February because of COVID stuff. So I've got to just remain positive about that. But I'd like Santa to bring me a nice ready-made, ready-set-up uh, bike business. You know, full-blown thing, shop, um, full workshop, um, coaching business, all set up, ready to go. So I just got to walk in and deal with it. <laughs> so anyone Without out the there, effort. anyone out there looking to invest, <laughs> here's your man. Oh, yeah, Fuck just promoting it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Some kind of bike business that that you could do for yourself, I think, would be quite cool. But you've, I mean, you've done that before, haven't you? When you were when you oh, were kid, yeah, you I, built I something have. up from I, scratch. I did. Yeah, yeah, still runs today. So if you're ever in the northwest of England and you 
they visit Delamere Forest, the guy that bought the business off me still runs it today, which is really cool because they survived COVID. And I just think I'd love to do that again because working for myself was, was probably some of the best times I've had in terms of work because, you you know, you you do what you want to do, not what somebody else wants you to do. So, so that'd be nice. Come on, Santa, bring it. <laughs> well, it's the, it's the idea of someone just delivering a ready-made business because, you know, part of that, I, know I, run own, yeah. I, I run, you know, as you did before, I run my own business now and it's... um. I love being my own bus, but it's hard work, especially during COVID, oh, so, you know, when the stress of it all. Um, yeah. So yeah, someone if you know someone presented you a, a highly profitable business with ready-made customers, and <laughs> that's a bit of a dream, that isn't it? That would be good. I'd, yeah, good. good yeah. Um, so my my number three is you, you've got one of these already, but I don't because I, I we've got a nice enough house, but we don't have a lot of space around it so we don't have a garage the garden's quite small i mean i know you've got about 100 acres of garden or something haven't you foggy you know. quite 100 um, well you know i've i've got th- like 10 meters by 30 meters in my back uh, sorry 10 uh yeah no it's yeah 10 meters by 30 meters or so in the so it's pretty you know pretty small so there's only room for some small sheds so i my turbo trainer and setup's just in a kind of small smallish garden shed when i'm on the turbo train and i have to stoop slightly otherwise i bang my head off the um the, the roof of it so my my present number three is a garden gym come workshop so i can have a my, my turbo trainer set up there i've got rollers as well so the rollers are just permanently set out there so i can jump jump on my canyon on the rollers got some weights um, got a shower out there as well, just to so I can change afterwards. Fridge, I'm getting, I'm going to get carried away. So fridge to keep my Belgian beer in there for um, you know refreshment after a hard session on the on the turbo. Um, a TV, of course, with a really good sound system, so you know I can listen to music or 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 watch endless repeats of Belgian classic races, um, of which I know them inside out and know what happens in every. 500 meters but still love watching them and and it's amazing when you do that when you're on a turbo is that um you know something that you know there's a big break going on then you suddenly you're aware that you're in the middle of the break you know i'm pumping out like you know maximum threshold watts trying to keep up you know you go no i'm just on the turbo i'm not actually in this race so just um just just calm down and then i then i you know i workshop area as well for repairs so that that's my that's my number three so yeah you've already got that by the sounds of it Something like that. We've got a bit of space around us. There's generally yeah. <laughs> more space around people here. Anyway, so. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Cool. So, okay, what's your number two? Uh, a longer um, cycling holiday. So we, wife and I have managed to squeeze in a couple of um, short uh, cycling holidays this year. We've managed to get out onto the Alps to Ocean uh, Trail, which which we did over six days, and we did another one recently up in the west coast of um South Island, which was three days. So I think just uh, it would be really nice to, to be able to relax and take quite a bit more time out and, and cover a lot more. At the moment, I think New Zealand. I don't think I'd want to travel anywhere else just at this moment. But uh, When the world settles down, then we'd start looking at the uh, other places to ride. But just a longer holiday and a bit more relaxed and, and you know a lot more to see and do as we, as we rode. Nice. Yeah. Nice, yeah. I think a holiday needs to be in here somewhere, doesn't it? Into the, mm. into the, into the top five. And I think we've seen in the, in the group just all these 
amazing places around the world to go to. So I, every time I read or see more pictures in the in the group, I just you know, there's more places that I that I, that I want to go to. Okay, so my so my number two is a bike. I I don't have a mountain bike. I've I've got I've got an old road bike that's on the turbo. I've got my um, Canyon road bike, which I love. I've got a, a a giant old aluminium giant cyclocross bike, and I've got a track bike as well. Um, but I don't have I don't have a mountain bike, and I've I when I go out on trails or on kind of rougher trails, I just go on my cyclocross bike, and and it's it's fun. But you can't you can't quite do what you can do on a mountain bike on a cyclocross bike, especially when it gets really rough going. Yeah, um, and on, on, on the rocks and so on as well. And I've I've always really fancied it, but I don't. I don't, and I've hired them, and I've used them, and have had a great time on them. But we just don't have the space here. But kind of in the world of unlimited money and space, I'm going to go for a mountain bike. And my mountain bike that I would choose would be a Santa Cruz Blur. Now, there's another Danny McCaskill connection because, of course, Danny McCaskill has got a Santa Cruz, um, his own personal design Santa Cruz bike, which is why I kind of got familiar with the brand. But yeah, I've been looking at them. Yeah, so Santa Cruz Blur, twenty nine inch. Carbon, thirty-four um, at the front, an eleven fifty cassette at the back, full suspension, four thousand pounds of foggy, and I don't have anywhere to put it. Yeah. So anyone out there from Santa and Cruz who wants to sponsor our board podcast, I think if you've got two going, foggy will have one as well. Well, it's quite spooky because wait till you get to my number one. Okay, okay, okay. Well, you know, let's yeah. We're almost, we're almost there. Um, so yeah, and uh, the other thing about it is, and and it's kind of a link to your Bianchi mountain bike. Of course, the Bianchi road bikes have this beautiful aqua blue color yeah, right. uh, with them. Yeah. Well, this Santa Cruz blur of the model that I looked at is this very similar color. So it just uh, there's something about that color and and the carbon frames and bikes. It just looks beautiful. Just uh, they really yeah. match each other perfectly. Yeah. So there, so there you go. Okay. So big drum roll now, Foggy. Your number one? Yeah, so, well, I've kind of gone from the ridiculous right the way down to sort of something that's possibly a little bit more achievable, but it's quite spooky that you mentioned Santa Cruz because my number one would be to actually get a Santa Cruz Stigmata ah, gravel right, bike. Okay. So, yeah, and the top end one. So I'd, yeah. I'd try and I'd replace my, my gravel bike is great. I've, I've, I've upgraded it and the frame's good and I love riding it, but that would be my ultimate purchase now. Um, this uh, In a nice sage green, with all the extras on it and the, the top the top of the range. But um, they're, they're around about, depending on who you buy them, through about ten to $12,000, um, which in, I would take it, if you split that in half, probably about five or £6,000 yeah. uh, in other currencies, I have no idea. But they're, they're hard to get hold of at the moment in down here in New Zealand because of the, the bike shortage. Um, so, yeah, if I had disposable income, I think that would be the one for me. So yes, let's get yeah. some sponsorship through Santa Cruz. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to say that because it, you can also use the Stigmata for cyclocross as well. And I think a few, um, yeah, 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 it's going to set up. Yeah. It's you can do quite wide tires with it, but it's also yeah. definitely good as a cyclocross bike. And I, I yeah, 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 definitely very very flexible. There's a there's a you know you can get six fifty Bs, you can get seven hundred um, uh, with wider tires. There's just a, there's quite a flexibility between them. Um, but they're they're, a, they're not only a good brand; they're a nice looking bike. You know. Yeah, they are. They are. They are they're very quality nice. bike. Yeah. Yeah. Stick by. I did. I have to say, I did. When I was thinking about this, I did think new cyclocross bike replacement cyclocross bike or a completely new 
mountain bike and I went for the mountain bike because I didn't already have one but yeah I think I yeah. would have gone for a stigmata as my kind of second choice that would have been spooky if we'd both gone for that um okay so yeah. my 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 number one is a is a cycling holiday and as we as as I said a few moments ago and as we've seen heard through the all of the podcasts we've got riders from around the world that get to ride in some of the most fabulous places in the world some of them that are not far away from me in Wales and and Ireland and up in up in Scotland and Australia and Foggy, you've shared yours in in New Zealand. Actually, one one place where we haven't um, seen anything which is an amazing place to ride a bike is California. So my cycling yeah. holiday is to California, and I'm I'm cool. I, I I'm going to I'm asking Santa for this present, and I Santa, I would like <laughs> you to organise a holiday for me to cycle from San Francisco to Los Angeles. And uh, I, you know, I would, we would start off in in um, in downtown San Francisco, down at Fisherman's Wharf, head out to Golden Gate Park, then um, through some of the the vineyards south of San Francisco, the head down into Carmel, Monterey, down Highway One, towards Big Sur. Um, we'd head to around San Luis Obispo. We'd go drive past where James Dean died. Really had his car crash. And I, yep. I, Slightly, I don't know if it's that funny anecdote about that is that about yeah, more than 15 years ago, maybe getting on for 20 years ago, my wife and I went for a holiday around there, hired a car, and I was driving, my wife was navigating, and we were trying to find the place where James Dean crashed his car. And we just went round and round in circles and didn't ever find it. So that's, that's not that much of an anecdote. So this time, I would like to cycle past uh, that slightly macabre place, but a very important place. and. American film history uh, and then we, we would stay in one of the places that I want to stay in is the Madonna Inn have you heard of the Madonna Inn in San no. Luis Obispo um, yeah, I'm looking for sponsorship for the Madonna Inn now as well in San Luis Obispo <laughs> it's just the most barmy hotel crazy hotel uh, that you've been to every room has a theme and the themes are just you know there's there's um uh just film themes, cafe themes, you know, bizarre behaviour themes. Oh there's, dear! There's children, children <laughs> listen to this, so I can't go into some of the uh, so, you know, some of the rooms that they've, that they've got in there. But it's this, it's just this weird and wonderful, eclectic mix of all sorts of different things there. Uh, that's a bit of an institution around there, so definitely, definitely stay there. Um, and then into Los Angeles, and I would finish by cycling up to the top of Mount Baldy, um, which is um, kind of inland a bit from Los Angeles. I've got an uncle and auntie that live very close to there, so I'd be handy. I could stay with them. And also, for any, for anyone that likes uh, looking at YouTube and cycling on YouTube, Phil Gaiman, who's an ex-professional cyclist from, I think I think he is from LA, he certainly lives in, in LA now. He does loads of videos of cycling around LA, and you think of LA as being this horrible... Um, multiple lane motorway infested city and it is part of it is like that but there's lots of it that are just incredible and beautiful mm. and beautiful rides and hills and Mulholland Drive is one that he highlights uh, there as well so so yeah that's what I would do I'd obviously take my canyon road bike it would go in my Thule, uh road road box and um, bike box travel box I might even if I can get two of those take my Santa Cruz blur as well and have two bikes there um for the uh, for that yeah. just in case there's some well they'll they'll be fabulous mountain biking around the 
the hills around Los Angeles. So, so there you go. That's yeah. uh, that, that's my that's my cycling holiday. Um, so I'll I'll, I'll look cool. forward to Christmas Day and for that to be in my stocking. Okay. Not. Not. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Foggy. That's really good. I really yeah. really enjoyed that. Um, so let's get back. Let's get back to the um, the normal podcast. So yeah, Rider of the Week. So you've been looking at the at the yeah. posts. Uh, so who have you picked out as your Rider of the Week? So yeah, I've just gone through, um, had a check through, and a uh, person um, who's been posting a lot and has achieved something uh, quite cool this week. And um, forgive me if I um, mispronounce this, but uh, Cordray Smith from South Africa. It might be Cordray or Cordra. Um, and they've just completed well, three days ago 5,000 kilometres for the year so very well done um, so we, I've decided that you'll be the rider of the week this week um, just, uh, just a little anecdote or just a little add on to that what would be really nice um, with some of these posts that we're seeing um, is some um, pictures um, so it's nice to see the, the rides that are coming up on with the Strava maps and stuff like that but they can 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 get a little bit monotonous in terms of just seeing the Strava map. So if you can add some pictures of your rides as well, that would be, unless it's going out to everybody, it'd be phenomenal. And then we'll get more of a sense of what the the land lies, what, you know, how it looks where you are. But well done, Cordray. Yeah, well done, Cordray. And a good good point there, because I, I think I'm guilty of that as well, where I go out for rides and I keep meaning to stop and take photographs and don't, especially when it's a bit colder or the weather's not that great. But yeah. Excuse me, I'm going to make the effort now to uh, to take some photographs. Okay, so um, I am going to do the um, Great Place to Ride. And this week we're going to go to Australia and into right into the centre of Australia around Alice Springs. So one of our members there, <coughs> there Roger Wine, excuse me, <coughs> um, Roger Wine has been posting his rides and lots of really brilliant photographs from around Alice Springs. And it's just, there's something magical around there with the, with the huge skies, the huge empty blue skies, the, the kind of, obviously the red and, and brown mm. of the landscapes there and the, and the, the vegetation and the, and the, um, and the rocks that you see around there. Um, just, there's something, I think, yeah, quite magical and, and really, attractive about it in a, in a, in a mm. strange sort of way that, that makes me want to go out there and try it. I imagine it must be at this time of year, must be infernally hot. And so, Roger, tell us what, in, in, the, in the group, tell us what that's like and what it's like to ride out there, how you, how you manage that. But yeah, beautiful. So we'll, we're going we're gonna to showcase that as, a, as Alice Springs and around that part of Australia as our great place to ride. Fantastic. Yep. Good job. Okay, so I think that that is us um, drawing to a close now. Um, Foggy, you've got, you've got some coaching now, haven't you? You've got to dash off straight after this and, and yeah. do some coaching. Yeah, I'm helping uh, one of the um, trail companies, uh, one of the operators out, just um, uh, doing some work for their staff, some professional development. Okay, yep. fantastic. So thank you all very much for listening and for those of you who watch the live stream in the group thank you to you too it's been great fun i think i've really enjoyed this one um with these uh, the fantasy five presents loved hearing about you and and uh, yeah i'm still still really annoyed at myself that i didn't get daniel mccaskill in so thanks for that for about, uh, <laughs> about doing that so well enjoy the coaching um and thanks everyone 
see you again soon. Okay, bye.